Good morning. How's everybody doing? Hey, I can finally say this. Thank you, Don. But if you would, take out your worship bulletin. Great looking bulletin. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, there's a lot of information. I'm going to quickly go through this, but I want you to catch this because, like I said, there's a lot of good information that we want you to be aware of. First of all, food giveaway. That is coming up. The first one, though, the March 10th date has been canceled. The truck that was scheduled has been pulled, and so we will not be doing the food giveaway on March 10th. We will do them on March uh, 17th and March 24th. We've got some sign-up sheets. If you would be willing to help out with delivery or help out on-site with actually passing out the boxes, they weigh 40 pounds, so keep that in mind. But if you'd be willing to help out with either of those things, um, please see this sheet. We'll have these in the back outside there. You can sign up there. If you would like a box, there are no income guidelines or anything like that. If you would like a box, if you have friends or family members that you know that could benefit from a food box, there is meat, dairy, vegetables, all in this box. It's 40 pounds of food. Uh, if you have eight people in your household, you write eight, down, eight people down and you'll probably get two boxes. If you know somebody, though, I've had people reach out to me and say, hey, my neighbors, I've got three neighbors that are elderly or can't get out. Can you can you drop off those boxes? We want to take those requests and drive those boxes to those people and help them out. If you can pick them up yourself, of course, that's great. But if you know anybody or want to be a part of this, please see these sheets and sign up for them. So it's a Wednesday night, the 17th, and the 27th is a Saturday. All right. Besides food giveaways, we are collecting for Abigail Pregnancy Service and Miriam House. The things that we're looking for are right there in your bulletin. You can drop those off. I saw some people already bringing in diapers and everything and putting them right outside on the table out there. You can give money if you want and put that on your envelope and designate one of those places and we'll go shopping for you or just give the money directly or you can give it directly to them. We don't care. You know, we want to support these awesome ministries though. Uh, speaking of giving, I want to thank you because uh, I was able to order Bibles. $760 came in, and we were able to order a ton of Bibles. So, they're back there, all right, and we have more that are stashed away. But we have Teen Life Application Study Bibles. If you need a, a, a Bible, if you're looking for a Bible, grab a Life Application Study Bible. They're great. All right, so we've got teen versions. We've got the adult versions uh, or normal, well, it's not normal people, just adult versions, all right? Yeah. And then uh, we've got kid, kid Bibles. These aren't Life Application Bibles, but these are more geared towards kids. So they're all back there. Take them. They're free. Study the snot out of them. You know, uh, get in them, dive into that word. Like I said, we like, we like the Life Application Bibles because they have that commentary that's built in and can help you. Of course, the best way to learn what God is speaking through his word is directly from God and from the Holy Spirit. So when you're reading, pray that the Holy Spirit reveals to you what um, he wants you to hear. All right, uh, membership class. Membership class starts today. So you may have to run home right after right after. Uh, church and do something, come back. We'll wait till you get back and we get started. So um, if you're going to be a part of that membership class, we've got food for you. Uh, if you have kids, the kids can stay here too and, and hang out uh, with our kids. And um, it's going to be two Sundays in a row, this Sunday and next Sunday. So if you want to be a part of that, can be a part of that, uh, just get with me right after church and we'll explain what exactly is going on. Like I said, if you've got stuff to do too, need to take care of that real quick or, or 
or anything like that, feel free to. If you can't make it this time, need to come another time, that's fine too. All right, church board meeting is Tuesday, March 16th at 6.30. Mark your calendars if you're on the church board. Um, still really looking for somebody to head up the prayer ministry and those people that want to be part of the prayer ministry. So make sure you, you get with me about that. And then last but not least, we're having our Kids Free Night. Is it this Saturday? This Saturday, Kids Free Night. If you need a break from your kids, just want to go out with your husband or spouse or your single parent and just want to break, drop your kids off from 4 to 9. There's a form on our website. If you go to willardnaz.org, go to the events page. There is a liability release form just in case I hit one. Pretty good with a dodgeball or something like that. Uh, but you can drop those kids off. Like I said, we'll feed them. We'll get some information for you from you. And we hope that you have a restful, relaxing, fun time with your spouse. So this Sunday, or this Saturday from 4 to 9. All right, that's all I have. Would you stand with me? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight, today. We thank you for the ability to fellowship and to worship together. Lord, I, uh, I, I lift you up, Lord. I, I would love for all of our attention, all our praise, all our worship to be directed and focused towards you because you alone are worthy. Lord, do what you want in the service. I pray that you would speak through the praise team. I pray that you would speak through the prayers of other people that get up here and speak. And when your word is read, that our hearts would be soft, our eyes and ears would be open to hear from you. Lord, call us. Call us. Call us to reach this community. Call us to, to reach this, this state, this nation, this world. Lord, that you've entrusted to us. I pray that you would just put a heaviness on our hearts for those people around us. I pray that you'd give us opportunities, Lord, to speak to people about you and to share the good news. Lord, I, I thank you for the people that are watching online. I pray that they would know that, that they are loved, that they are appreciated, that they are part of this church. And I pray that you would give us wisdom in how to make that happen, Lord, with not being able to meet together with some people. Lord, we, we remember them, though, and we love them. Lord, once again, pray that you would just be glorified by this whole entire service and by our lives as we go out of here. Father, call your church, use your church, equip your church. Lord, light it on fire. We just ask this in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.
bow down and worship him now. How great, how awesome is he. Together we sing. Everyone sing. Holy is the Lord.
coming up for the scripture reading. This is Daniel. I know he looks a lot different. He got his uh, second COVID haircut, so I fear some of you probably wouldn't recognize him. My brother from another mother. We're, we're mo- one month apart, right? Yep. And you're the old man. Yep. <laughs> I'm the baby of the family. I may be old, but I'm spunky. Yes. Amen. <laughs> Got it. All right. Okay. Before I read, before I read the scripture, I wanted to let you guys know that I got a Facebook room that's called Daniel's Bible Study. That you guys are welcome to come in. It's kind of like Zoom, but I. It's not on Zoom. It's coming soon. Uh, my Bible study. I took some time off to pray and seek God's direction with that. So um, I will let you know when I start that back up. Um, but could you please stand for God's, for the reading of God's word? Okay, let your manner of life, oh, this is Philippians uh, chapter 1, verses 27 through 30. And I'll be reading from the ESV version, the English Standard Version. Okay, it says, Let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. 
so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but yours but of your salvation and that is from God for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him but also suffer for his sake engaged in the same conflict that you saw. I had and now hear that I am that I still have. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Daniel. Philippians 1, 27 through 30. Philippians 1, 27 through 30 was the scripture passage. And before we get going, I, I want to... Uh, I want to say during this time that our bulletin is online. I forgot to mention this. Our bulletin is actually on our website, willardnaz.org. We have our bulletin and calendar there. You can grab that. And that's important, too, because there's a lot of people who do not watch the first part of our service, but they tune in later and watch our, our Facebook when we post it on there, and that's usually just the sermon part of it. So if you're watching online, you can see what's going on in the church and, and catch up on that. Now, I also have to repent because I'm a liar. Somebody reminded me of that. I'm not going to say who, but uh, I said that we're going to have communion today, and we're not going to have communion today. We're going to wait until we, we bring in our new members and have communion all together with them, and that'll be at a later time. I've also said that we're going to do Revelation, and God keeps pushing that back, so I apologize for that. I'm thinking probably after Easter we'll start that. I've got the first eight sermons uh, mapped out and ready to go, and I can't wait to get into that series, so I apologize for that. And if John was here, I'd apologize too, because I heard he had to give away 20 bucks last week to kids. So nobody stumped me though. I was kind of sad nobody sent me a Bible verse or something, a question or anything like that. So if you, if you have that, though, please uh, feel free to. I'd love to talk to you about some Bible verses. But um, all right, Philippians 1, 27 through 30. Can we, just, can we just pray? Father, we just thank you for today. I thank you for Daniel and his, his servant's heart and what he's willing to do. And Lord, I pray that you would be glorified through him, through his Bible study. I pray that you would bless it. And, and Lord, I pray that you would bless the word that he spoke to us. Father, we're not here to hear me. We're not here to even hear the praise team or anything like that. We're here to hear from you and your spirit. Lord, you have right away. Speak to our hearts. Speak to us. Lord, oftentimes I feel like I don't know what I'm doing, but I feel you're leading, Lord. And I know you're not only leading me, but you're leading each and every one in person here who's allowing you to do that. And so, Father, I pray that you would continue to do that. Help us to be your church, focused in on giving you glory and telling other people 
about what you've done, the good news. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In your name we pray, amen. Well, I am kind of interested in the, uh, I don't know if anybody's like me, but I'm kind of interested in the ancient Greek culture of the Spartans. Anybody? Sure. All right. Hey, one person. One person. All right. I appreciate that. Let me say, there's a lot, when you look at that culture, a lot to not admire in that culture. There's a lot of not so good stuff, but uh, there are some things that I think we can learn from them, and there's, there's two things that they really had going for them. The Spartans were focused, were really focused. They were, they were a very focused society. And we're not talking like Michigan Spartans, right? We're talking like ancient Greek. I don't know if I said that in the beginning, but uh, their entire culture was focused in on warfare. I mean, completely focused in on warfare. In fact, your education began when you were like five years old. There were, there were no humanities taught, no learn your colors probably taught, unless it had to do with warfare. Uh, there were no cultural electives or anything like that. It was warfare. It was how to kill someone. Even at a young age, how to kill someone, how to fight, that was pretty much it for their culture. And that focus, um, where they really looked at warfare, they would, they would often devastate their enemies because besides focus, they also had unity. Unity. So here's a culture with focus and unifi- unity. And when they showed up for battle, all right, um, they were very disciplined and would form up in ranks. It wasn't like Braveheart where you're just running with a sword and, and trying to chop people's heads off or anything like that. They would, they would form up in these ranks, and when the signal was given, all right, the person in back of you would put their shield in a small part of your back. And then the, the command would be given, and this entire group of warriors would run in unison towards the enemy, and they would almost form this human battering ram that would just blow through the enemies, all right? They would just totally just bash right through them. Each man was supported in front by the person in the rear, right? Um, when a group is focused and has unity, it is very difficult to stop. The early church was like that. It was a very focused and unified group. The Bible says that the believers had everything in common. The believers were devoted to each other. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the Word of God, right? And they shared everything, unified. The early church turned the world upside down in in a very short period of time, and they did it without the sword, right? There are some religious movements that use the sword. Christianity at a time used the sword, but the early church did not use the sword, and they turned the world upside down. And, and um, I just want us to realize that a focused and unified community is a very powerful force. Very powerful. That's what the book of Philippians is about. Philippians was written by Paul Paul said to the Philippians, you're the fellowship of the gospel. You're the fellowship of the gospel. Paul and his group had this bond between between them. The focus was the gospel, right? You ever ever meet somebody out in the world and you find out they're a Christian and immediately you know you have a bond with them? 
there's just something about them. You have that bond. That's what Paul had with the Philippians. Paul said, you know what I'm talking about. You know what the focus is. You're a part of this with me. There was just one problem, though. They couldn't get along. They couldn't get along. Hard to imagine, right? I mean, who has ever heard of Christians that can't get along, right? Just take it by faith. Just trust me on this. Centuries ago, this was an issue. Obviously not a problem today, right? No denominational problems where we don't agree with other denominations and, and fight. Or There are no Christians that I'm sure get on your nerves in this room, right? We just love every other believer. Well, that's what we're supposed to do. That's what we're called to do, even the annoying ones. I'm called to love that person, and not only to love them, but the Bible says that I cannot look like Christ without them. Paul told the Ephesians that God makes some of us to be prophets, some to be teachers, some to be encouragers, and he goes on and lists a bunch of different things. And it's only when we all come together and combine our gifts and our talents that we form the true body, right? The true church. That's when we really represent Christ. The, the title of this sermon, I want you to write this down, okay? Three words. The title of this sermon is, We Need Us. We need us. We need each other to carry on the work of Christ. Your full potential as a Christian cannot happen without community. It cannot happen in a vacuum. We need us to reach that, Okay? True spirituality is worked out in the context of community. That's just how God set it up. That's how, that's how he set it up. Twelve times in the first chapter of Philippians, Paul is talking about the beauty of the gospel. And then he moves on to the application of the gospel. And he says this, what Daniel read. He, he, and he, he uses the word only. And I think I left that off of your, of your sheet. And I apologize, Daniel. But he, but he holds up one finger. All right? When he moves from moves to application, and he says, hey, there's just one thing that we need. Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Now, that phrase, conduct yourselves worthy in a manner of the gospel of Christ, is really one word in the Greek. One word, all right? And it's the word palestuiste. Polistuis they. And it's built from the word polis or polis or metropolis. All right? It's as in a city. So polistuis they is in a sense to discharge your obligations as a citizen of a place. To be a good citizen. Live like you're a citizen of a certain city. That would mean something to them because the city where you are a part of, that was your sense of identity. That was your sense of identity at this time. And, and Paul uses this word and is like, act like you're from a place. Because he knew it would mean something especially to the Philippians. It's the only time that he word, uses this word in any of his letters. Paul understood, though, that the Philippians were proud to be Philippians. Proud to be from Philippi. In 42 B.C., the armies of Anthony overcame the armies of Brutus. 
And you remember Brutus, who's the one who stabbed Caesar and was a part of killing him at two Brute. Anthony and his men rode out to war against Brutus and his coalition and men, and Anthony's side prevailed. And as a result, Anthony designates Philippi to be a Roman colony. And so it becomes a very popular place. And even though it's not in Italy, right, where all the other Roman colonies were, they were given all the rights of citizenship of Rome, which were significant, like having to never pay taxes. That'd be a pretty good thing for Willard, right, or Shelby or, or something like that, having never to pay taxes. So if you were a, a Philippian, though, you were proud to be a Philippian. And if somebody said Palestuus Day, that would get you fired up a little bit because you identified with your city. Kind of like how we feel in sports, right? A lot of times we identify with a sports team. We identify with the character of a sports team. Some, some sports teams are kind of like hard-working, hard blue-collar sports teams. Other are kind of like elite and specialist. You know, you kind of identify that. We, we identify, most of us, with the Buckeyes, Right? There's something about that. Palestus Day embody the characteristics of my city, embody the characteristics of a sports team. Um, if a community is of value to you, then that's going to mean something. And so when Paul says to the Philippians and says that word Palestus Day, it brings something out, but then he twists it, right? He twists it and he says, Palestus Day according to the gospel of Christ. Be worthy of Christ. And at the end of the, the book, at the end of Philippians, he reminds everyone that they are really citizens of heaven. So not so much Philippians, but citizens of heaven, followers of Christ. My friends, you and I have a warrior that fought for us, Right? We have a warrior that not only fought for us, but laid down his life for us so that we could be free, so that we could have our relationship with God restored. You want to honor him? Then you honor his family. You want to love him? Then you love his community. You want to live in a manner worthy of Him, then you honor us. Live your life in a manner worthy of the Gospel of Christ. How do I, how do, I do that? By living your life with focus and unity. Being of one mind, side by side with your brothers and sisters around you. Even the annoying ones. Amen? You want to love Jesus, you love us. We love each other. Think about this. You want to love me, all right? You come up to me, you say, you want to love me, I expect you to love my wife and kids. Right? That's how you love me. It would be weird of you to come up and say, hey, I love you, man. You're awesome. You're my bro. I really like you. You know, let's be friends and let's be brothers and I want this to be okay. And, and then to go, but here's this one thing. I just got to get it out there, right? I can't stand your wife. Right? She is a she is a whatever, fill in the blank. Or I stand, can't stand your, your kids. All right. 
that's not going to sit well with me, right? Even if my kids are being really annoying to you, that's still, they're my kids, right? That is not going to sit well. That is not a way to be a friend to me. That is not a way to show love to me. I expect you to love my family even if they're at their worst. I expect that. And I imagine most of you expect that too. You want to be my friend? It's a package deal. Think about that. How weird would it be to say that I love you, Christ, but I don't love your bride, the church? How weird would it be to say I love you, God, but I can't stand your children? I can't stand your kids. Even when they're at their worst. Because that's when it changes for us, right? Even when other Christians are at their worst, then we're like, no, I'm not going to love you. But how weird is that? Right? We need to love each other. We need to be there for each other, faults and all. At whatever stage that they're at in their walk, we need to intertwine our lives around them, even when we're at our most difficult. And trust me, some of you are probably at that most difficult stage, right? You're hard to love. No, I'm just kidding. We need us. Did you write that down? We need us. Paul goes on to say, So that whether I come and see you or I am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. That's $2. (laughs) We need us, my friends, so that we can stand firm. The word stand firm has this idea of of planting your feet in the ground and being resistant to whatever's coming at you. The Spartans had this mentality that my sword is for my enemy and my shield is for my brother. The sword is for the enemy and my shield is for their brother. And the way that they built their shields, they would always strap them to their left arm. All right? And the shield would cover the left part of their body and the right part of their brother's body. And that's kind of common in this day. The difference with the Spartans, though, is they believed their shield was fair for their brother. In, in lesser armies and less disciplined armies and less focused armies, when the enemy would come against them, the, the tendency would be what? To cover and protect yourself with that shield. Not the Spartans, though. The Spartans knew that their shield was also for their brother, and they would keep that in place. They were unified My friends, some of us have been in church a very long time, but we go out into this world and we are combat ineffective. And it's for one simple reason. It's because when we go out, we go out alone. When we battle lust, we battle lust alone. When we battle pride, we battle pride alone. When we battle discouragement, we battle it alone and it is destroying us. It is beating us down because we face it alone. My prayer during this season right now that we're in as a church, and you've heard this in previous weeks though, is that 
I pray that this is the year that some of us find brothers and sisters who are willing to plant our feet right beside us and say, this shield is for my brother. This shield is for my sister. I pray that we have a Christian brother or sister that we can open up with and share the struggles of our lives completely. Completely transparent. Not hiding stuff. Not pretending that we don't battle stuff. And I pray you find somebody that will stand next to you and say, I'll stand next to you against the gates of hell. I pray that. I pray that for our kids. I pray for that for our young ones. But I pray for that for each and every one of us too. The biggest thing that will prevent this is your pride. Is my pride. Your pride will get in the way of this. I do not want to confess my sins. I do not want to open up about the deepest, darkest things in my life to somebody. I just can't do that. That's what will get away, get in the way of this season. You'll say this. I know you'll say this because this is what I say, right? I can handle it. I can handle that. Hey, David killed Goliath on his own. I can fight this battle on my own. And what you need to realize is, yes, David did kill Goliath, right, with the help of God. But in 2 Samuel, he goes up against another giant. And that giant pins him to the ground and is just about to kill him. And somebody named Zabashai comes in and saves his life. My friends, you can have victories over the things you struggle with. But what happens when you're weary? What happens when you're beat down? The enemy knows when to attack you. You need a brother. You need a sister that will hold that shield up next to you. Maybe you can beat that sin for a season, but what about the next? My friends... We need us. We need us. I've fought things on my own that I've prevailed with for a season, and I've fallen. And I've redoubled my efforts and say, I'm going to try it harder. I'm going to discipline myself. And I've been successful, and then I've failed. And it is a vicious circle. There is a way out of that circle if you continually struggle with something. And the way out is us. One of the greatest gifts that God has given us is us. Is community. Is fellowship. And I'm not talking about fellowship as in a chili cook-off. Nothing wrong with that. That's good. But I'm talking about fellowship. True fellowship. Getting in with somebody in their lives, in their personal life. We need each other to stand. My friends, things aren't getting any easier, right? They're not going to get any easier. I don't see that changing anytime soon. It's going to get harder to stand. We need us. I'm guessing that the majority of people in here have a struggle. Have a struggle that they want to keep hidden. Making you two-faced. 
the face that you have in here and then the face that you have when you're by yourself? Aren't you tired of of living two lives? Aren't you tired of struggling with that? James 5.16 says this, Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Why? That you may be healed. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. You want freedom from this? You're going to have to bring somebody into your circle. Somebody close. You're going to need to find somebody that you can confess to. You're never going to want to do that. Right? But it's something you have to do. We need us. You need somebody that you confess all your drinking nail polish remover moments to. I read a story about this woman who was an alcoholic and she got rid of all the liquor in her house. She got rid of all the beer, all the, all the alcohol like that in her house, but she was still an addict. She was still addicted. And on one low day, she grabbed that nail polish remover and started to sip it, to drink it. If you don't struggle with alcohol, that may seem a little weird to you, but what, what about the things you do struggle with? Where have they taken you to? Have you been struggling with porn and, and looking at it into the wee hours of a night? What is your struggle? Where does it take you? I think we all have our sipping nail polish remover moments. Can we just stop pretending that we don't? Or that we never did? Some of you I know have found freedom. Amen? Some of you, though, are still struggling. I have a group of guys that I confess to, that I love deeply, that I can tell things to, and I have never regretted once telling them the struggles of my life. I've never regretted that. Fought kicking and screaming not to go there, though, because I did not want to open up. I did not want to share with somebody. I did not want to tell people what I struggled with. My thoughts was, oh God, I will confess it to you. But you need more. We need us. When I confessed it, guess what they did? They listened, right? They heard me. And they said, here's my stuff. Here's what I struggle with. And guess what I did? I said, man, you're messed up. You're sick, guys. No, right? I knew what I could pray for those guys about. They knew what they could pray for me about. The cat was out of the bag. We could reach out to each other time and time again. Will you pray for me? I'm really wanting to do this thing. Will you pray for me? Could you imagine if you had a person in your life that called you and said, I'm going to fast lunch and pray for you because God's laying you on my heart. Could you imagine having that in your life? You knew what exactly you were dealing with. There's power there, my friends. There's power there. That thing that you think you'll never be freed from, that you've been battling for decades, you need this to happen. We need us. 
Some of you, like I said, have been confessing your sins to God for forgiveness. My friends, you have that. You have forgiveness, but you need healing. You need healing. You've been forgiven, but you aren't healed. James 5.16 again. Listen to this. Two things you need to do. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. There's the two things that you're called to do. Why? Again, so that you may be healed. So that you may be healed. Some of you are wondering if this God thing, if this church thing, if this holiness thing is real because you've been beat down and you've been struggling with this thing all your life. There's a heaviness over you because you're constantly struggling alone. Afraid to open up. Afraid to share. Man, teens want to know this. Is this Christianity thing real? Why do I pray for something and nothing happens? Why do I pray for this and God doesn't heal me from this? We need us. We need us. We need somebody that will stand right next to us, plant their feet in the ground, and offer their shield to us. God said it's not good for man to be alone, right? Isolation is not good. That's why I don't want to close this church. That's why I want to continue meeting together so we have opportunities to stand by each other. I'm more worried about what the isolation will do to us than COVID. I am concerned about COVID. Like I told you before, we had a, we had a, a guy my age who was a paramedic that got COVID and almost died. I believe in COVID, that it is hitting people. I am concerned about that, but I am more concerned about what isolation will do to us, what it's doing to our nursing homes, as we talked about. We need us. We need to stand against sin. But that's not all there is. We're also meant to do something, right? Here's the other side of it. Paul said, with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Striving. That word means to fight together, to assist in battle. We're to strive together, not butt heads with each other. Not tear each other down, right? You know I love playing video games. Sometimes I play these video games where you're an army guy and you're, and you're doing battle, and I like playing the hardcore versions of, the, of these games where you're doing battle, and so you have teammates on your team and you're all striving together towards the goal. But in the hardcore versions, there's this thing that happens where sometimes you actually shoot your teammates, Right? And sometimes I've been doing really well, really well, and accomplishing the goals and everything like that, and then one of my teammates shoots me, and it's really frustrating. Sometimes I shoot them. Most of the time, it's not on purpose. Sometimes, maybe a, a few times. Same team, right? Same team. You know we're never going to get there if we keep shooting each other. We, we look at the one thing that we don't have in common with that other denomination and we don't want to have anything to do with them. Jesus laid his life down for every person in this world. 
We have a mission. We have brothers and sisters in other churches that we should be striving together with. But we shoot each other. We shoot our own family, our own church family, by talking behind their backs and talking bad about them. The world's in darkness, and God has given them us. We need us to be striving together. We need us to be using our gifts and talents. Some of you are are great encouragers, right? I think of Shirley. Some of you are great teachers. Some of you are great disciplers. Some of you are great counselors. We need you. We need us. Some of you are missing in action, though. There are so many things that we want to do right now, but we don't have the people. We, we couldn't have children's church last week because we didn't have teachers. We need us. I, I think I'm good at teaching and preaching. I stink at counseling. Let's just be honest. Right, Adam, right? I, she probably wouldn't tell you this, but I, I stink at I am not good. I am not gifted. You would, you would think a pastor would be good at counseling, but I am not. Somebody comes up to me and says, you know, wants to share with me some stuff that they're dealing with, and I'm like, <laughs> total blank when they're, while they're talking to me. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe don't do that anymore. You know, that's, that's my advice. <laughs> yeah. I'm not good at asking those. Some people can ask those probing questions and get you to cry and get you to think about where this is all coming from. That's, that's not me. But maybe that's you. Right? We need us. We need all of us using our gifts and talents. I heard this story about this girl, this, this young teenage girl. She had this idea to do this car wash. And she went to her pastor and said, hey, I want to do this car wash with the church. And the pastor's like, okay, good, yeah, okay. Um, what are we going to do it for? You know, and she's like, I don't want to do it for anybody. I just want to do it. And he's like, okay, but who are people going to give money to when they do the car wash? And she's like, I don't want to take money. I just want to do it. And he's like, well, why do you want to do this? And she's like, because Jesus came to serve and not to be served. And we as our followers should do the same thing. So I just want to serve some people in our community. And he's like, okay, all right, yeah, uh, yeah, let's do this. So the girl started to go and tell other people in the church and try to gather people together, but leadership wasn't her thing. And so she started to fail, and she's like, you know, would you be a part of this? And people are like, eh. So the pastor saw this. He has the gift of leadership, so he steps in, and he's like, hey, we're going to do this car wash. You're going to show up on Saturday. We need you. We need everybody there. Let's come out and do this. And, of course, then people started to respond, right? And so Saturday shows up, and they're outside, and they're doing this car wash, and they they each get separated into different groups. One-third of them are cleaning the cars. One-third of them are waxing the cars, and a third are there available to talk to people if they want to talk to anyone. Well, this, this pastor still not really understanding what they were doing there with this car wash, right, is on rim duty. And this guy comes up to him and, and says, hey, hey, uh, who are you doing this for? And the pastor's like, oh, we're not doing it for anybody. And the guy's like, well, who, who can I pay for this? Who can I give some money towards this? And, oh, we're not, we're not doing it for money. You can't, you can't give us any money. Just, just keep it. And he goes, well, why are you doing it? And, and the pastor's thinking in his head, I don't know. That's a good question. Why are we doing this, Right? 
But he remembers what the girl says, and he says, hey, Christ came not to be served, but to serve, and we as followers of Christ want to just serve some people. And the guy's like, no, no. He was just really startled. And this, of course, startled the pastor, and, and the guy was like, just really shaken by this, and he ended up sitting down on the curb, and the pastor sat down next to him, and the guy was like, you know, I was on my way to the bar. 9 a.m. in the morning, I was on my way to the bar, and he explained, I lost my job recently. I can't find a job. Life has just been, just been kicking my butt lately. And so I was just going to go get drunk. And then I saw this car wash. And I said, well... At least if I get the car wash, maybe when I come home, my wife won't be mad at me, as mad at me. And that pastor got to kneel down beside that guy, put his arm around him, encourage him, talk to him, minister to him, and he realized why they were doing what they were doing. That never happens without a little girl following what God is calling her to do and trying that to make that happen. That never happens without a pastor coming alongside or somebody else that has another gift and combining those gifts to see it happen. That needs to be us. We need the little girls with their awesome ideas that don't make sense. We need people using whatever gift God has given them to help out with that thing. My friends, you have a part-time pastor, right? You have a part-time pastor, and I think that is going to be the best thing for this church because it's going to take each and every one of us stepping up and pulling together to be the church. What is God calling you to do? What is he putting on your heart? I don't know. I don't know what that is. But here's what I do know. And listen to this. He built you for us. And he built us for you. We need us. The world needs us. This community needs us. Focused and unified. Communities can change. Julian the Apostate was a Roman emperor that longed to stamp out Christianity. He was a nephew of Constantine. You know, Constantine, he was a, uh, an emperor that uh, was a Christian. And, and Julian was raised a Christian. And as soon as he became emperor, though, he left the faith. He couldn't stand Christianity. Extremely frustrated by it. And we have a letter that he wrote wrote to one of his priests, and he said, it's a scandal that there is not one of these Jews that is a beggar, that these godless Galileans, that would, that's what he referred to as Christians, it was a slight. Um, he would never call Christ Christ, he would call Christ the Nazarene. So Christians he referred to as godless Galileans. He said, these godless Galileans care not only for their own poor, but ours as well. He says, it's a scandal. I hate these people. They're so nice. They care for each other when they are sick, and not just for each other, but us as well. I told you this before, but back then when the pandemic broke out, people broke out. People were gone. Sorry, 
Sorry, little Ethan, if you got if you got it, you know, I'm out of that house. Sorry, you know, I'm just going to leave my family in order to stay safe. Not Christians, though. Christians stayed and cared for the sick. Not only the sick, but they cared for their enemies, even to the point of death. In Rome, I told you this too, it was common to pra- practice infanticide. If your child was, was born with a handicap, sometimes parents would just leave their child out to be exposed and to die. Little girls were not seen as valuable. Sometimes they would do the same thing with those little girls. Sometimes a person would come and grab that little girl, raise her, and put her into a brothel. That's what happened to a lot of young ladies. Christians hated this practice. Hated it. And so they would go and grab these, these kids and these girls and bring them into the church and raise them. And if you and I showed up in a worship service, we'd hear those little girls singing, worshiping a God who used the church body to save them. Girls who could easily believe in the grace of God because they experienced that through the lives of his people. What could be sweeter than that? I don't know about you, but I miss teen, those Teen Challenge girls when they would come to our church and they would sing for us. I miss going to the banquets and hearing them sing. That was a sweet sound. Rome was changed through this. Through this. Not through politics. Through this. That's why our focus needs to be unified. We need to be living in a way, in a manner worthy of the gospel. Amen? No culture is too far gone, but we need us. I don't know if you want to do this. I don't know if you care. But here's how we get there, right? You stay focused and on Christ. You make Him the focus of your life. You stay committed to the body. Committed to the church. If you're the only one that's committed, you stay committed. And hopefully, you bring somebody up alongside of you to stand next to you. To offer your shield to you and for you to offer your shield back to them. And you stand back to back, side to side. Right? And you live in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. You do that, God will add people. God will give us opportunities to serve and draw people to his community. Be committed to this body. Get involved. Get involved. We're going to have a membership class, and one of the things I'm going to tell them as a member is, you have to serve. You don't want to serve? Don't become a member, right? You're not there yet? That's fine, all right? But if you want to be a member, if you want to be a part of this body of Christ, if you want to be a part of this church, you're called to serve in some respect. You're called to support right, each other. In the weeks to come, I want you to listen for the opportunities. We're going to be talking about committees and different ministries that we have going on. There's already ways to serve right now with the food drive and the other things that we're doing. 
be a part of those things. Listen for what God calls you to do. I had a group of guys come up to me today that had God had placed something on their heart and they're looking to start something. And I'm like, yes, amen. What is God calling you to do? In what way is he calling you to serve? Follow it. Follow it. Be a part of this. God will bring unity if we stay focused and committed to him. Right? I want to end with this. David fought Goliath alone. Right? We know that story from, from, from uh, whatever those little classes that we have for kids that I can't think of. Sunday school. Thank you. All right. <laughs> wow. Good, good job. Thank you. <laughs> David fought Goliath alone. Scripture tells us, though, that there were two people watching. Two people in earnest watching him. King Saul was one, right? King Saul was insecure and hated David and would try to kill him. The other person was King Saul's son, Jonathan. And the Bible said that, that Jonathan saw David and loved him. And I never got that. I never understood that. Why, why did Jonathan and David have this relationship? David would end up becoming king and it wouldn't be Jonathan, right? You know, why would Jonathan love David? Well, it's because in, in one chapter before that David fights Goliath, Jonathan does something equally as crazy. He ends up taking on a whole Philistine garrison by himself. He stands against them. He stands against the enemy. And then a chapter later, he sees another guy standing alone against the enemy. And he says, ah, that's my brother. That's somebody that I can go to battle with. That's somebody that I can stand beside Right? I think that's why he loved him. And in David's darkest days, he had Jonathan standing by him and encouraging him and lifting him up. He stood next to him. My friends, we need us. We need some people to plant our feet in the ground and stand next to us. But listen, you're going to fight this, but you need this. You need this. You need to be able to open up and confess what's really going on in your life, or you're never going to have this. You can, you can come pray for people. You can be there for them and, and do that. But unless you're willing to open up about what you're struggling with, what you're dealing with, you're never going to have this. We need us. Yeah. I mean, it, this is going right into my program. I mean, this is my, what he's saying is my life. I was, I was held in bondage, and I knew, I knew Christ. Christ has forgiven me. But, but I could not release that past until I got together with somebody that I could pour out all the garbage and all that 
all that stuff that was weighing down on me until I was able to open up and talk to somebody about it and release it. And just like he said, that, that person that I chose, you'll know him. You'll know who, who that person will be. God will bring right into your life. Mm. And you can share your deepest, darkest secrets with them and, and know that you are forgiven. But our problem is until we share it with somebody else, another human being, we don't really forgive ourselves. We're holding on to it. Hmm. It's like it's like weighing us down and it's not allowing us to follow Christ and, and allow the spirit to work through us because we're always thinking about the past. The past can be left in the past if we're doing what Pastor David is saying. And I love you guys and I just know that you clean up, that you share that stuff, you get somebody to hold each other accountable. And that person that's going to help you out by you sharing that, it's going to help them out more than it's actually going to help them out. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, so get, somebody, get, a, get somebody that you can share and then reach out and share, you know, be that person for somebody else. Amen. Amen. No, don't be sorry. Right? Life is good once you do it, though. Yeah. My, my friends, it's great to have a men's group. It's great to have a women's group. But if you don't have that one-on-one, one-on-two, one-on-three people that you can share the deep, the nail polish, sipping nail polish moments in your life, you're not going to find freedom from that. But guess what? You got us. You got us. Right? Who's God bringing into your life? Take a chance. Reach out to them. Share with them. Amen? Stand with me. I'm praying that we all have a brother or sister to stand by our side. Some of you guys are going through stuff, and I know what it is. Some of you guys are going through stuff, and I don't know what it is, right? You need somebody. You need somebody in your life. You need a brother and a sister, man. You need that. We need us. We need us to be committed, not only standing side by side each other, but going out from here and sharing the good news sharing the gospel with those people that God puts into our lives. Be committed to this body. Be focused on serving this community in whatever way God calls you, if it's a crazy car wash idea, right? Church board, follow God's leading. Even if it sounds crazy, follow God's leading. Father, we just thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for... I thank You for speaking to us. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be open and soft and we'd hear from You. Father, I pray that You would bring somebody to our mind. Maybe we're not dealing with anybody, but maybe we could just reach out and say, hey, is there anything going on in your life? And go up and to talk to somebody. Lord, give us those opportunities. Father, don't let us lie to ourselves. Don't let us lie to ourselves and say, I can handle this on my own. I can just confess it to You, Lord. No, Your Word says confess it to each other. Yes. 
pray for each other. And that's when we're healed. Lord, I pray that You would help us to do that. Lord, use us. Use this church. Call us. Father, bring our gifts together. Bring our talents together. Lord, and light this community on fire. Lord, I pray that You would send somebody from this community to another community. Maybe to be a missionary. Lord, I pray that we would see ourselves as missionaries to this community and to beyond. Lord, help us to start a new church Maybe in Norwalk. Lord, direct our paths. I know it's crazy to think about, but Lord, use us. Grow us. Father, we just give you everything. We lay it down at your feet, Lord. Lord, I thank you for this body. I thank you for the people that are following what you're asking them to do, Lord. I pray that you would give wisdom and guidance to those trying to figure it out. Lord, I pray that they would trust your timing and that they'd just be available, though, to hear from you. Lord, use us. We just ask this in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.